Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And Robin, I got to tell you, we have the greatest show today. We're going to be interviewing Andrew Whitman, Dr. Andrew Whitman, who wrote uh-huh. a great book called Seven Secrets of Resilience for Parents. And oh, my goodness. That's going to be everybody's Bible. Oh, and Navigating the Stress of Parenthood. Now, before we got on the air, you listened to <laughs> me yell at my kids. Mm-hmm. because it's a Saturday morning and we're recording and they were fighting, you know, one locked the other one in the corner mm-hmm. and I had to take a phone away and it just never ends. The stress of parenting is so great. And his book, seven secrets of resilience for parents is a great topic because so many of our military families, because of deployments, because of service time, whatever it is, or PCSing or whatever single parenting is just almost every day it is difficult and i think our military families do have that extra amount of stress um because we've said this before in many a show uh not only does the service person serve but the whole family serves and there's added stress there's added um complications to every military family um, knowing that it's that there are guides or assistance in how to be resilient as you're parenting um, it, it's it's a wonderful uh, help to our families to have um, dr. Whitman on today it is because you know Rob I look at some of the older parents and they're like they get it more they've been around they've been it through you know like some things that freak me out my older parent friends will be like well that's just normal like okay here's a perfect example we're trying to get on the air today and I'm working from home and there's a big thump upstairs I'm trying to concentrate and then I hear them screaming and I go out and yell at them you know I'm like guys I gotta work I gotta and And I'm over here laughing (laughs) and then you're like well Sam that's just boys being boys it is to a certain certainly there there have to be corrections that's why they're children and we're parents we do have to help guide them this is appropriate behavior this isn't um and i think what's hard is in the moment you as a parent are so exasperated because you have to deal with not only this issue but 12 other issues i visited my daughter this past weekend she's in her 30s and there was uh, a topic that came up and i said well you know do you remember when you were in the sixth grade i said no to you for what they wanted to walk to kmart or something and um i said no they were these little petite girls walking down the street and even back then i didn't allow them to walk and she was so angry because her brother and his friend could do that in the sixth grade but they could not so unfair and now she at in her 30s is laughing about that instance because she wouldn't have let a a 12 year old do it either 
<laughs> but in the moment, that instance was so stressful. She was crying. I was heated. I was upset. My, the rest of my day was wrecked. You can't focus on the other things in your life when you have this one thing that has just disrupted you. No, and you know, and it's always like, Rob, we've been up since seven o'clock in our house and we're doing this recording at 1130. Mm -hmm. Why did the fight have to happen the minute I say, guys, I'm going into my studio, I need to record, I need you to be silent. I mean, maybe it was my fault for giving them the warning, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, if you wanted to have this fight, why didn't they have it an hour ago or two hours right. ago or three hours right. ago? Like, it just never works out, I think, for any parent. It's like a toddler, you know, my friend, she had one of those surprise babies at 48. Oh, yeah. And we were all getting ready for our 15-year-olds to go to homecoming. And her little toddler, just all the homecoming pictures have this kid standing there in his underpants. Because every picture the mom tried to get of the couples, he would scream, he would run. And of course, you know, the dad's not home, so he's working and we're, you know, trying to juggle this thing and I'm holding him and he's apoplectic. So we decided, all right, well, the picture is going to be, you know, the two couples and rally in his underpants. And you either show them from the waist up <laughs> or you laugh at it 30 years later. Uh, you know, and I think that's where resilience is so hard. You have to be resilient in the moment because like you right now, you may have been upset with your, your boys acting up, but you now have to go back to your professional persona, not your mom persona. Having that resilience is really tough and it's, especially when you're alone, it is difficult. And when our people are deployed and the families are back home, they have to do it on their own. And that is not easy. Well, and it's like, you know, I liken it to like driving a tractor or driving an 18 wheeler. I've never driven an 18 wheeler, so I don't know, but I've driven tractors yeah. in my whole life. So, yeah. You know, that switching gears, I actually make this yeah. mental thing in my head, like I'm yelling at my kids right now, and when I sit back on that desk, I imagine myself shifting the gear, mm -hmm. and I, sometimes I actually make that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and shift into gears, and I'm like, yeah, now yeah. I'm in this mode, um, but it takes practice. It wasn't something that I knew how to do right mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. It took practice and you know you're going to get better at it and you'll be able to put stuff aside and I do think you know working with men my whole life and working with marines a lot mm -hmm. men are better at putting things in boxes than women as a general rule mm -hmm. and so one of the things that I learned from all my marine friends was that they just put it aside and I couldn't put it aside, but I can make a box. I call it my transformation box. I learned this yeah. from Dr. Joseph Gallenberger on one of our shows. Mm -hmm. And I just imagine picking up each of my children by the scruff of their neck and they're screaming. They're like, ah! you know, and I drop them in the box and I lock it shut. And the box looks like my grandpa's fishing tackle box. Like I have I an image it. of it. So yeah. on top, cause his name was Gilbert and green. And then I lock it shut. And that, not only makes me laugh, but it helps me kind of reset because I can take them out of the box later and deal with it and think about it, mm -hmm. but not when I'm trying to juggle. Right, right. Um, it, it is so hard. We have to juggle so many things. We have to juggle 
our home life. We have to juggle work. We have to juggle shopping. I mean, those are the things that are so difficult. Uh, thank goodness for uh, being able to do some shopping online. Um, and actually, uh, speaking of shopping online, that was one of the things uh, that we wanted to talk about today uh, because we have a sponsor today, Third Love. Um, is one of the companies that you introduced me to, Sandra. Um, and I hadn't done a lot of bra shopping online because who would think that you could get a perfect fit of a bra by shopping online? You figure, oh, I've got to go to the store. I have to go in. I have to get fitted. I have to deal with a pushy salesperson. Um, those are the things that make it all uncomfortable. So you settle for the ill-fitting bra that you get on the clothes rack uh, on your way out of the department store. Um, but I have to say, uh, since you introduced me to Third Love, I can attest that Third Love knows that there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering our listeners 15% off their first order. They uh, All our listeners need to do is to go to thirdlove.com slash MMTR, as in Military Mom Talk Radio, MMTR now to find your perfect fitting bra. And they will get 15% off their first order purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash MMTR for 15% off today. What a deal, Sandra. That's amazing. It is. And, you know, I love my third love bras. I've worn them for a couple of years now. And, you know, when you were talking about going into fit in the bra shop, do you know, I can't remember ever being fitted because I usually shop at like Ross or TJ Maxx or Walmart. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no mm -hmm. bra fitting specialist there. Right. And I right. just suck up like whatever it is, I wear it. If it's got an underwear that pokes me, I'll make a cut in it and pull it out. Like, yep. You know, I just make them work, but bras generally don't fit right for me. And, you know, when I first saw the Fit Finder, you know, I came across it and I thought, well, this is interesting. Like, yeah. and I went through the Fit Finder. I took the quiz. It's pretty fast. I found out that I'm East West boobs, which made me really funny. Um, to me, I thought it was funny. But it kind of walked me through some things that I never really thought about. Like when it asked me about the band in the back, like, does it ride up or drop down? I'm like, huh, you know, do the straps slide to the right or the left? I'm like, huh. So even if you don't want a bra right now, go take the fit finder quiz because I did actually learn a lot about bras and it takes like, you know, just a little bit of time, but They've used thousands of real women's measurements to design mm. its bras, like, you know, with like the breast size and shape in mind. Right. So they fit really good. Um, and there's the one thing I will say after having one of my bras for at least 18 months, I'm saying two years, but I'm not sure. I throw them in the wash. I don't always use a bra bag. I don't always line dry it. I throw it in the dryer when I'm in a hurry. Um, but I found myself pulling the same bra out of the drawer. Like I'm rustling around and I know I'm getting ready for work. So I'm looking for that one bra. And then I look for the right. other bra. And like when it's like, and I realized I'm wearing that bra more than anything else. And it didn't have an itchy yeah. tag. And um, the biggest endorsement I can give for them is that it's like the most comfortable bra I've ever owned. I reached for it again and again and it didn't fall apart because I've had bras that I really like. And as a single soul supporting mom, taking care of her 84 year old dad and working full time, I'm sorry, I don't have time to hand wash my bras. And right. 
it's just not always, and then my kids help with the laundry. So my bras go in and then they get shoved in the dryer. Like it's real. Like that's real life. Yeah. For me. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the reasons why they do fit, I mean, they just added 24 new sizes, making them the industry leader with uh, a total of 70 sizes. Wow. They have 70 sizes, some and the 70 because uh, many of them are half sizes. No woman is the exact same. If you're a 36 and I'm a 36, we're not going to be the same size. We're still going to need a different shape or a different cut. So with cups from a to H and bands up to 48, that means that every woman is going to get a bra that is going to be just like a custom sized fit for her. Well, and look at you and me. I'm 5'8, and you're how yeah. tall? 4'8. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a full, and I wear a 36C. Yeah, and I'm a double D most of the time. And this is one of the things that the Fit Finder did. They ask you, what have you been wearing? What has bothered you with what you were wearing? Does, does it ride up? Do the straps slip down? With their Fit Finder, it helps you find that perfect size so that your straps won't slip. You've got this gorgeous, ultra soft, smooth fabric. That fabric is the most uh, softest fabric I think I'd ever felt against my skin. Um, it's lightweight. It's super thin memory foam cups. So it just, like you said before, it conforms to you and it is a perfect fit. Well, and I wear t-shirts a lot, Rob. I'm in Southern California, so it's hot. So t-shirts and tank tops are a go-to for like eight months out of the year. So wearing, sure. I wear the classic t-shirt bra and that's my favorite. I actually own six of them in the naked color. They're all exactly the same. Like I'm, I'm pretty much loyal. Like, you know, I'm like, I hope third love never goes out of business. Cause I'm probably going to be buried <laughs> in it like 60 years later. Cause once you find one that fits and works, Yes. And I don't have to look anywhere else. But the funny thing is, Rob, it, it, you like, okay, I'm just going to say this. Your boobs look the right shape. Have you ever put on a bra that looks like they're like two melons shoved up to your collarbone or they're like the bullet ones? Like I had this one bra that the cup made me look like a fembot from, you know, like Austin Powers. They were sticking straight out. I was like, wow, are there going to be some guns that shoot out of these? The cup shape looks natural. It still supports yeah. me. It still gives me lift. And the cup's not too thick that it looks like you're wearing a padded bra. You know, I have one bra that is as close to the third love one as, as I can, can find, but the fabric is really thick and it makes me feel like I'm wearing a padded bra and I could actually brush up against things and not feel it. So right, it, right. it didn't feel natural and these feel really good. Yeah, they really do. And I think one of the things that Anybody, me included, I have always been apprehensive to order something online because you figure, oh my goodness, I'm going to invest in this and then it's not going to be right and it's going to go in the bottom drawer underneath all of the sweatpants. They guarantee a perfect fit because returns and exchanges are free and easy. I did have to return my first one. It didn't fit quite right. They sent me a label. I put it back in the box. I handed it to the postman and I had a brand new bra that fit me the right way within a week so that is a win-win you get the exact size for you they're going to make sure of that because they guarantee a perfect fit and returns are free 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't had to return anything, but I will say I'm really happy that they shipped quickly. I they had did. my bra within three or four days, and there's nothing worse than ordering something online and waiting weeks or have it oh. back ordered. I know, absolutely. So with a variety of sizes, the fact that you can try it on, if it's not quite right, it goes back until it is right. I love it. Um, and this half cup sizing is that's that's brilliant because like we were saying we could be the exact same size but we're not going to be shaped the same size no <laughs> not at all yeah. so third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone and right now they are offering our listeners 15 percent off on your first order so to take advantage of this go to thirdlove.com slash mmtr like military mom talk radio to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15 percent off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com com slash mmtr for 15 percent off today now we're going to be meeting with andrew whitman rob uh he wrote a book called seven secrets of resilience for parents navigating the stress of parenting we're going to go for a commercial break and then we're going to come back and learn how to go from being an emotional reactor to a reasonable responder and how to create harmony in the home so that it becomes a sanctuary for stress, not the cause of it. I can't wait to learn more. I can't either. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after this break. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating. And exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Did you ever notice you buy more groceries when you use a large shopping cart? The shopping cart, or trolley as it was originally called, was invented in 1937 by Sylvan Goldman, owner of two Oklahoma City grocery stores. Back then, shoppers carried their food in wicker baskets. One day, Goldman was observing his customers and realized that as soon as their baskets were full or too heavy on their arm, people stopped shopping. Goldman thought if we could somehow give customers two baskets, we could do considerably more business. What's another word for a resourceful person? A debrouillard. Goldman put wheels on some folding chairs, attached two baskets to the seat, and let the back of the chair act as a handle so the cart could be pushed with one hand. What do you call anything that can be manipulated with one hand? A thumbadoodle. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. 
I'm so excited because, Frankie, every time I talk to you, I learn so much. We're here today with Frankie Picasso of Rent a Believer. And in a show that talks about belief systems and limiting beliefs or rules, some people call them, it's so important that we analyze our own beliefs, as crazy as that sounds, Frankie. Absolutely. You know, it was interesting. I was giving a talk the other day, Sandra, and I was just saying that September, which we're on the last day of September almost, um, is a time of renewal and, and regeneration. And it's a time when kids go back to school, the Jewish holidays have the, the new year. And it's a time for self-reflection, I think, where we go in and we look and say, what's going right with our lives and what isn't? So yeah, belief system is a huge thing that we want to go in and, and check and see, what do I believe? Because if the things that you want to show up in your life aren't, there's, there's an underlying automatic commitment inside you that's saying, I have a commitment to a different outcome. I have a belief system that says something different. Well, and the belief system could be, I'm not good enough. I'm not yeah. smart enough. I'm not tall enough. You know, I'm always amazed, like, you know, we're, we're into sports season right now. You know, baseball, hockey, soccer, um, basketball, everybody's in full swing. And whenever I see the littlest guy on the team, you know, like the NBA always has some like five foot six, five foot eight guy, you know, in a sea of seven footers. Yeah. And I always think to myself, what did it take for that person who doesn't fit like, like just the mold of a professional basketball player? Like, you know, these seven footers, they grow up and they think, oh, I can play basketball. But what is it in somebody who's five, eight, that decides he's going to make it to the NBA. Like belief has to play a huge part of that. A huge part. You have to go watch Rudy to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's some people that say there's a short guy syndrome, but what it is is there's just such a belief and such a desire to play that he's going to go through whatever obstacle, you know, is in front of him. Nothing is insurmountable. Nothing. And you know, Lee Iacocca says that, that insurmountable obstacles are, are just you know, problems that we haven't solved yet, really, you know, they're, they're, they're challenges in, for us and opportunities for us to, to find a new and a different way. So yeah, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of courage, a lot of perseverance. But, you know, we've talked about this before, we can do anything that we put our mind to. Absolutely. You know, and I watched my sons, Frankie, you know, I got Max, who's who's six, four at age 15. And then his brother, who's two and a half years younger is four foot six. Yeah. But the funny yeah. thing about them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny thing about them is my four foot six guy, he will stand on stage and dance and sing and jump and flip. He'll do anything. And then my six foot four guy who you would think had would have all the confidence in the world has like almost none. Yeah. And mom, I'm nervous. I don't know if I can do it. And, you know, I get to see the difference in the thought patterns because Zachy runs out on the basket or the volleyball court with Zach and Zach is five or is sorry, four, six. And the volleyball players he plays with on his brother's team, the, the shortest one is six foot tall. Well, let's look at that for a moment then. What is it? I mean, Max was was first born. He should have had yep. all the confidence in the world because he got all the attention and all the babying and all the, you know, you're amazing. And, you know, here comes, here comes Zach, little scruffy fighter, you know, the little guy. He's got, got a big brother who's like, could overwhelm him at any moment. And, and you know, he's the scrapper. He's the guy that says, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Right. Look, at me, look at me. So maybe it's his need to go look at me, look at me, that puts him out and goes, Hey, here I am, right? Or, uh, and Max doesn't have to. Maybe at this point, six foot four at 15, Max just wants to go and hide because he's. Yeah. 
but you know, what was the belief system? Did you, you didn't raise them differently, did you? No, you know, I, I raised both kids to believe they can do anything. And when they were really little and we were, my ex-husband and I were getting divorced, we used to do this thing in the bathtub because I have this big jacuzzi tub and I would like to fill it up and I would put the kids in and wash them. And then I would go in and wash, you know, cause it was so much water just to use for sure. one tub. And sometimes we'd all sit in there and play together. And, um, they used to stand up in the deep end, all covered in suds. And I'd have them go, I'm tough. I'm strong. I can do anything. Yeah. And I remember always having to say to Max louder, louder. And he'd be like, well, I'm tough. I'm strong. You know, I can do anything. And Zachy, who was two years younger and skinny as a stick, I can still remember him covered in suds. And he was like, yeah, I'm tough. I'm strong. I can do anything. <laughs> and I would just laugh because this little voice would try to be deep. And, you know, I wonder if it's just, is it partly how we come into the world? Yeah, I think we come in with certain gifts and personalities, and th those are a given. Uh, and the belief system, something happened to Max somewhere, a teacher, somebody, you know, I don't know, somebody said something, and, and it deflated him somewhere, maybe. Mm -hmm. and, and he took that as gospel. He took whatever they had said as gospel, and it's still living in there until, you know, he decides to get rid of it. And we all have those things. Yeah, we all have them. You know, it's called the inner game. And, and we all have that, that inner game. And, and I call it the board of directors who, who, you know, all have a say in what we do. And if you give each a voice, you can, you can hear them. Um, and you can decide, am I going to believe them or not? And yeah, because people just when, sorry, they, most yeah. people really just don't sit there and go, what is it I believe? Do I really believe that? Right. You know, and I think, you know, but it, it requires you to like actually listen to your own thoughts, which, you know, took me a while to get the hang of, mm -hmm. you know, cause I, you know, and it was so automatic for me. Like, you know, I'm a key loser, you know, I leave my keys everywhere. I'm a phone loser. And yeah, but I, you know, and, and I would hear like my fourth grade teacher, like, well, you're just scatterbrained. Or I would hear my ballet instructor, well, you're just scatterbrained, Blah! you know, and I didn't even realize that was still in my head. Till I did this exercise where it's like, okay, the next time you make a mistake, you can't find something, you do something you shouldn't, stop for a minute and just listen to your thoughts. Like, I didn't even know how to listen to my thoughts, Frankie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, once you get it, you get it, and you don't, you can't undo it, but getting there was hard for me. Yeah. So, like, I would lose my keys, and then I would stop and go, okay, what am I telling myself? I'm like, wow, you're an idiot. Boy, you're wasting time. You're so scatterbrained. And I was like, oh, you know, I remember that from fourth grade. I had a really mean teacher in fourth yeah. grade, and I had a ballet instructor, this Russian lady, this Sandra, who just insulted the crap out of me all the time, but I took it on. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were, my sister didn't. And everybody, you know, is different. And so what I like to tell people as far as listening to your voice, a really easy way to understand how to do that is if you're listening to music and you can pick out the bass line and you can pick out the drums and you can pick out the guitar and you can pick out the, the piano and then you can pick out the voice. If you can do that, then you can go in your head and do the same thing and just listen to the voices that are going on in your head telling you these things. And you really, it's so automatic and it's so fast that you actually really have to, 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 you know, really tune in and hear, like you said, you heard the, this negative language and I heard really negative language too. And it was so brutal one day I actually cried because I couldn't believe how mean I was to me. I would never be as mean to anybody else as I was to me. I would never say those things to anybody else ever in a million years. They were cruel. And so why would I say them to myself? 
Well, they're kind of like automatic if you don't. They are automatic. If you, yeah, if you don't, um, you know, you don't call on them. And, and, you know, sometimes when I get really down and, and you know, I hear things like, you know, you're going to be alone forever. Or you're going to lose your house. You're going to be homeless someday. No one loves you. Like, <laughs> oh my you God. know. Some of them, but some of them are acquired, but some of them are made up in our own minds. Like, especially like some certain times of the month, hormonal things like you would be shocked what blows through my head. Well, the ego, you know, the ego is really afraid to, to lose you. And so it will make up all kinds of stories to keep you around. You know, it'll say, oh, Sandra, you know, you can't do it. You can't do that. And, and it benefits the ego that you can't do that because then, you know, you stay and just do all the things that you, you know, you're doing right now. It doesn't want you to change. It doesn't want you to get better because then you're not going to need it as much. You know, you're mm. not going to, you're going to say goodbye to that voice is going to go, go faint and, and another voice is going to come in. And so it, you know, it, it benefits, it behooves it. <laughs> it behooves, behooves it. it if you don't, you know, uh, well, yeah, because if you don't try yeah. and you don't do anything, then you're left alone with it, and it gets a lot of attention. A lot of attention. So how do you how do you get rid of that? You know, and I said at the beginning of the show, you have to take stock. You have to go in and, and you know, what is it that you believe? I, I I really truly believe that most people don't ask themselves. You're just so used to believing something that that you've never questioned it. So I in my book, I started to write. I wrote and I said, why don't you look at your belief? around spiders let's say let's say you're really deathly afraid of spiders and i want people to ask them am i really afraid of spiders or was it that my mom was afraid of spiders and everybody in my house was afraid of spiders and so i bought into that too like really examine it look at one and go does that really scare me i don't know maybe maybe it does but maybe it doesn't and maybe it was just a belief system that you borrowed from somebody else and you can go you know what eh, i don't need that one anymore well, here's a great one. When I got first got divorced, everybody told me, you got to go to this divorce group. It's so great. And it's very supportive. And I'm thinking, oh, this is great. Well, I kind of came out after a couple of weeks being like this raging man hater. And I was in the Grand Canyon one day, um, you know, hiking and walking around. And I was sitting on this bench, Frankie, and this bus tour of like older women, you know, some tour bus pulled up and they all rolled out. And here we were at the Grand Canyon. It was so beautiful. Yeah, and beautiful. they were all talking about their divorce. And you could tell, because I'm a big eavesdropper, you could tell by their stories that some of these women had been divorced, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, and they were still holding on to that bitter narrative. And I, I remember looking at all the layers of the Grand Canyon feeling really, really insignificant. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I thought like, you know, like, what do I really think about men? And I'm like, men cheat, men leave, men lie, men steal. And then I'm like, well, my mm-hmm. brothers don't. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about my cousins don't, my dad doesn't. I thought about my favorite uncles and I'm like, oh, so one person in my life lied exactly. to me, cheated to me, stealed on me, you know, uh, made, humiliated me. And I really thought to myself, wow, I was kind of going along with that brainwash bus. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I have this conversation almost every single day because people generalize. And I hate when they generalize because that was like every man, right? No, it wasn't. It was one guy. So, you know, Danny's every suit, you know, wants to cheat people. No, one guy that you knew wanted to do it. It's not everybody. And so I really, you know, I I caution and and I ask people, Rein that in, rein it in and, and really look in, like you just did and said, is it everybody or is it like one 
creep, one, you know, one jerk, so, right? One jerk that did it to me. Not everybody. My dad doesn't do that. You know, my right. son doesn't do that. My this doesn't do that. So it's not everybody. It's a couple of people, maybe. Right. And it feels like it in the beginning when it happens to you. But I think mm -hmm. if you catch yourself, like, you know, I was working on homework, checking my kids' homework the other day, the, you know, the one that's in sixth grade. And they had these um, true-false questions. And it was everyone, all of the. And I said to my kid, like, you know, Zach, when you get a sentence that says every or all or every single time, you know, um, always, there's very few every single time always finites in the world. And I said, so really look at those true false questions. Um, and when you do multiple choice and there's an always or never be real careful because there's very few absolutes. There's very yeah. few absolutes in life. And I thought to myself, how many times do I make those generalizations? Like oh, I'm always late. I'm men are, are always going to cheat. You know, no one ever, you know, yeah. cares about me, you know, those things, those statements, they're in that negative chatter in our head and they actually come out our mouths too. And you have to be really, you know, careful with the articulation of, of the words that you use because those become things, right? What we say Truth. becomes true. And yeah. so we have to be very careful and, and you, you know, you don't undo it with a negative, like don't forget because when you say don't forget, you're going to forget. Right. You say remember. Right, remember. remember. So it's not, it's not, you know, the negative part of it. It's you, you flip it to a positive and, and don't, th that kind of languaging really goes a long way to helping you uh, change how you talk to yourself. Well, and how you relate to other people. Cause and if I, I say to my kid, like, don't, don't, don't bring that in there. Cause you always spill it. That's yeah. well, <laughs> just spill like it. me. You gotta You're going to spill it. Don't eat that in there. And now I've changed it, you know, because I've been working on this. And I say, if you're going to have that in the TV room, please bring a tray. Yes. Good. Like, and that's also less combative. It's less insulting. It's less demeaning to the other person. Because, yeah. yes, my kid, the likelihood of my kids spilling something in the TV room is huge. Yeah, for um, sure. They're kids. You know, they're kids. But I don't have to plant negativity in their head. No, and the one thing I really hate, I really, really hate is, is labeling, you know, like your president does it a lot. You know, he calls people names and I really yes. don't just like when you call people names and pe those names are very hurtful and they go into people's psyches and they remember it just like, you know, you did. It's, it's just so de derogatory and, and discriminative and, and, and hateful that, really think about it before you call somebody a dummy, even if it's in jest, because somebody might have been called a dummy at some point in their life and they took it to heart and this is just another arrow to their heart, you know? Well, and it's stupid and it's hurtful and who are you to call me dumb? Like, yeah. I have to tell you, Frankie, sometimes, you know, people say things all the time that I, I don't think they really mean. I, I try to go through life being able to take a punch and, a, yeah. and a be, you know, like a thick skin. But I, I was working on this job and it was a collaborative effort with people from different cities yesterday. And when we do these works, we're on camera, you know, like we're each on a different camera from our different respective cities on a panel. And then there's a moderator and we all give our opinions and stuff. And um, for whatever reason, I had on my pink glasses, my hair was all pulled up and my makeup was on and I had a cute pink blouse. And 
Oh, because I was, I was going to go out to lunch with people after. So I was really dolled up. And I get on this think tank and, you know, the women are, are shortcut hair, dark glasses, and the guys are in black shirts and, you know, everything was so dark and heavy. Well, I looked like a friggin' light bulb. Like I was like the human glow stick. Like, you, you know, like with a cheerleader. My, yes. And then I, you know, like I'm trying to read something. So I put on my pink cheaters and they've got like little sparkle rhinestones on the end and you know it was like like whatever that movie was with reese witherspoon yeah legally blonde yeah legally blonde at 50 you know and i was smiling and i and i took a screenshot because i looked so different and i thought oh my gosh this is hilarious and i didn't take it yeah with a grain of salt but then after one of the gals from chicago called me and you know we're ball in tech she actually said to me, wow, she's, and she was kind of rude. She's like, wow, you're really a lot more savvy than I thought. And I wow. didn't know how to take that. Like, you know, I and I said, yeah, I can't take you seriously when you dress like that. <laughs> but, you know, but, but the whole thing was like, you know, Frankie, I'm good at my job. I, yeah, I know what I'm doing inside now. I'm actually the leader in that group, you know, and for her to be compelled or maybe not have the social skills, not to say to me that I'm really a lot more savvy than she ever thought. You know, I didn't know how to take that. And I kind of like chewed around with it all day. Like, was it a compliment? Was it an insult? And just, and it tapped into my own insecurities. Are you sure that it wasn't about what you were wearing, but more, you might've said something? That was really like, wow, that's so intelligent. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, because I didn't want to be confrontational and go, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, it's not confrontational. She could have said, oh, it's, you know, I didn't know that you could dress like that. Or she could have said, man, you had a fantastic idea. I didn't know that it, you were that, you know, you could come up with that. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing how people underestimate us when we're dressed up. Or blonde. Or, or blonde. Or, you know, anything. But, but just even if she said it like a compliment, even if it was a compliment, there was an insecurity in you that yes. didn't hear that compliment that took it as a derogatory comment. Right. Or just got confused going, yeah. well, what the hell yeah. did that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's Interesting. just, you know, but, yeah, but because our, you know, we, we hear what we, we hear what we expect to hear. Yeah. Right. We actually do not hear a lot of the times what people are saying to us and we take it the wrong way and it happens all the time, especially in an email. That's why people have to be so careful in an email because you can't put the smile really. You can't, they don't know if you're joking or serious and I don't know how many fights and how many breakups there have been over an email because people took the language the wrong way. Or even a text. Yeah. Like a text or an email. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's hard. I, you know, when I write copy for a company, um, I always read it to people to ask them what they hear yeah. because what, what we write and say isn't often what the other person hears and we can't be responsible for everything, but no. you know, we can also look at their faces and if their jaws dropped or they're like, like me, I was like in a horrified, like what? Like, <laughs> you know, because the alternative for me is to either feel bad or next tech call, I'm going to show up in a bikini. You know, and neither of them are good for business. That's hilarious. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> belief. So beliefs are, are important. Um, they can change. They can hold us back. 
or they can move us forward. And so what would well, you then, prefer to have, right? Something that holds you back or something that moves you forward? Well, and beliefs aren't truths. You know, no. that was a big one for me. You know, when we took this class with Ger Dr. Geraldine Tegelove, you can find her at GeraldineTegelove.com. She has the spiritual fitness mastery, mastery class that both, or mastery, yeah, both, both Frankie and I are taking it. And one of the things that came out of that class for me really loudly is our feelings and our beliefs aren't necessarily truths. Yeah. And that was a big one for me because there are certain things I believed about myself for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And then when I kind of fact checked and I went around, I asked my kids, I asked my boyfriend, I asked my other friends, you know, like, do you think this is true about me? And like milk came out of one of their noses. Like, it was so wrong. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. You know, I, I once um, told, I used to tell people to do, to do a 360 with their friends and, and people that know them well, because it's always surprising to see what people will, will send back to you and how people perceive you and how they think of you and how you think of yourself. And even if you went onto Facebook or whatever, and you asked people, give me one word to describe me or two words that, that, you know, when you think of my name or me, describe me, you're going to be so shocked how people perceive you because you have this perception of yourself. And I know oftentimes you'll say things to me, Sandra, and I'm like, what, where'd you get that from? Like, I'm not like that, but you see me in a, in a, in a you know, some kind of angelic light. <laughs> <laughs> Or something, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm always surprised that when people will say something to me and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I don't think of myself like that, but okay. And I should, maybe I should. And I don't see it, right? And maybe you should, and you don't see it. And everybody listening, maybe you should think, you know, instead of going to the negative, go, you know, move a little bit farther to the right, to the positive and perceive yourself in, in the same light that other people see you. It is. It's, it's hard though, Frankie, like, Very hard. you know, recently I lost 20 pounds and it was a hard, yay. yay, 20 pounds to lose. And it required me to like, you know, count my calories to log in my phone every day. Mm -hmm. And then to go, I worked out with a trainer once a week that I shared with another person. And then five days a week, I went to spin class and lifted weights. Wow. And, you know, it, it, I mean, Frankie, like you could bounce a quarter off my tummy. You could you know, like I don't have any bat wings, like, you know, I'm really happy with the way I look, but it was a battle. Like it was really hard for me and I'm still shocked. You know, yesterday I had to buy, or a couple of days ago, I had to buy new pants because my pants were falling off. You know, my body shape has changed. And so I went and I bought these long, slim jeans. Yay. Hey, yeah. And then the other thing too, is they fit right off the rack. Like I didn't nice. have to go through 20 pairs to find something that covered this or sucked in that or went over that. I could just zip on like five pairs of pants in a new size and they all look good. Fantastic. And Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And um, so I wore like a sheer, like I wore a tank top with a sheer blouse over it, you know, for work and just a pair of sandals, nothing much. And everywhere I went, people are like, wow, hey, you look good. Wow, you look beautiful. And you would think I would be really happy. Yeah. But I was, I felt uncomfortable. I felt weird. I felt odd. Like in my head was going like, God, was I so fat before that 20 pounds makes a huge difference? Or like, I just, and I smiled on the outside and said, thank you. Um, but on the inside, I felt all weird and uncomfortable. You know, people don't, aren't looking at us this, 
as much as we think they are. I went the last four, four or five months, I wanted to cut my hair. And to, a month ago, I finally said, okay, my hairdresser goes, well, I'm doing it. She just grabbed it. She cut it. I couldn't, I couldn't change my mind, right? <laughs> and I went, oh, okay, it's done. And I came home and nobody noticed. <gasps> four or six inches off, but nobody noticed. And I'm like, I cut my hair. They go, oh, you colored your hair? I'm like, no, I cut my hair. Right? So yesterday I was at the hairdresser and I had her cut it even more. And I might even do a little bit more. I don't know next time. But nobody saw it. Nobody knows. They still wow. don't know. So people are not looking at us. Maybe they don't look the same as I look at people. Or they're just not looking at us the same way we think that they are. And wow. so they finally noticed you. It's like, oh, wow, you look really good. Yeah. Not that you look bad. This, I just noticed you today and you look good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it was weird. I got a couple texts from back to school night and I got a, you know, compliments at work and yeah, I guess you're right. It's just, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. So there, there's a famous writer who said that, I don't know if it was one of the Georges, but you know, something about how people are not, they're not thinking about us as much as we think they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I guess I notice, I mean, certain things like I'm a noticer of women. Like yeah, I think, I you know, I'm, that. yeah, and I'm straight, but I love women. I think they're yeah. beautiful. It's like, I love certain dog breeds because I just think they're so beautiful. And, right. you know, when a woman has on like you, like they have a pretty scarf and they have glasses, they're accessorized, their hair looks pretty and pretty is whatever it is for them. Like I like right. pretty to represent you. Like I think your hair is very pretty and it looks right. like you, which is what I love about it. And, um, you know, so I notice these things, but you're right. I don't think I would notice because every once in a while, somebody will come up to me and go, look, I lost 20 pounds. Oh, my friend Autumn lost 50 pounds. I couldn't tell the difference. Really? Wow. 50 pounds is I, a lot of weight. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm like, wow, there's really something wrong with me or you're lying. But, you know, but see, I'm lost tall and she, yay. Good job. Good job. But, but she's also really tiny. Oh, okay. So well, I just kind of looked down on her really head. Tiny is like a lot of weight yeah well i guess she went from like 275 to 225 oh my god that's still a lot significant amount of weight yeah and and you know like 50 pounds is five sizes pretty much is 10 pounds to a size right so somebody's five sizes down that's that's significant so either you never thought of her as fat you just thought of her as your friend or you know you didn't really look at her uh, yeah i must have not have really looked at her because she always dressed very nicely you know, like, just because you're big or skinny, like, you know, it just, if you dress nice, you look nice. Right. Like, there's a lot of really big women that dress beautifully. So right. I don't ever think of them as, like, needing to lose 50 pounds. Like, Oprah. Oprah's a perfect example. Like, yeah. I don't like Oprah when she's all skinny. Her head looks big and her body looks weird. It's like, I like Oprah to be full-figured when she's, and that's when I see her being the most happy. Yeah, yeah. And she's beautiful. Yeah, she is. She's she is absolutely beautiful. You know, do you remember you Delta to, Burke? You remember yeah, her? Oh, on, she was so beautiful, so beautiful. And I never looked at her and thought, "Oh, she You're needs fat. to lose weight." She was always just beautiful clothes, beautiful yeah. face, beautiful everything. But inside of herself was somebody going. I remember when I was a beauty queen. I remember when I was skinny. Uh, you know yeah. like that right and in her head even if her husband i love her husband 
you know, I thought I, I always loved him. Um, even though, you know, he's a handsome man and he married her fat probably, but yeah, to her or big, I should say, uh, to her, she doesn't feel good being like that. But there's a point where you say, you know what, that is me now. That's right. Me now. And maybe in your twenties or your thirties, you want to get down like that. But you know, when you get up to your sixties and seventies, and maybe I shouldn't say that, maybe it's not fair, but there's a comfort point and a comfort your body has a set point and a comfort point and you know you want to be gi joe to get down or do you want to be just presentable and look nice and you know it depends i guess what your goal is if you want to walk around naked and people go oh look at you or if you just want to you know be you and be comfortable and eat what you not eat everything that you want but you know like there's a part of me that goes I'm only eating maybe 1100 calories a day and you know, I have a cheat day, but do I want to do that? All the time? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I don't want to be 500 calories a day. Right. You know, I definitely don't want to do that. It's not worth well, it to me. No. And you know, and it's interesting you say that because you know, for years I was trying all these diets, I was doing all these things and you know, I would lose, you know, 10, 15 pounds, gain it back, 10, 15 pounds, gain it back. Mm -hmm. And, and then I decided, you know, with this, this thing that I started in January and I guess it's now September or so or October, um, you know, it's taken me 10 months and 20 pounds in 10 months sounds really stupid. But if you look at me, you know, like I did my body fat percentage and I lost like 14% body fat, That's like huge. That's amazing. my whole shape has changed. And it's because I did adjust my nutrition, but more importantly, I worked out every day. So I went from fat to muscle and what happened along the way, this funny little thing was I like myself. And then when I stood on the scale the other night, I looked and I thought, wow, I'm still 30 pounds up from my high school weight. But I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I look better than I did at my high school weight. At my high school weight, I looked skinny. I looked um, unhealthy because, you know, I was starving myself, sure. good old eating disorder. Thank you very much. And now I look in the mirror and I've got, you know, You're shape strong. and muscle and, yeah, you know, but it was so attractive. And it was such a weird belief that I had about myself that, so I should be, to hit a number on a scale, I should be sickly versus not hit a number on a scale and look and feel great. Yeah. Yeah. Like and actually, I was talking to a friend yesterday who, whose body fat went right down, and, but the scale isn't changing. And she goes, I want the scale to change. She goes, I don't care. I just want the scale number to change. Even though she knows she, she looks amazing, she's lost all kinds of body fat. She wants that number to change. So why are we a prisoner to this number on a scale? You know? I don't know. It's a belief. Mm -hmm. It's a belief that at least number. Says, you're not now, if I was to go by the insurance companies, I should weigh 110 pounds. I oh. don't think I've ever seen 110 pounds. Yeah, maybe in fourth grade. Yeah, maybe fourth grade. I will never be 110 pounds, ever. And when I'm 120 pounds, I am so skinny that people, my, my sister-in-law called my doctor and said, I think she's anorexic. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, everybody's body shape is different. Everybody weighs different. Everybody's bones are different. You cannot go by the scale. You have to go by right. how you look and you go, I look good. And if you look good and you feel good, that's all that counts really. Yeah. Well, that's the only thing I'm using my scale for right now is to monitor any gain. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I mean, I want to see it go down, but I also yeah. don't want to see it go up. So, 
well, have a colonoscopy. I went down seven, seven pounds. Like, <laughs> you know, like you're right. How, how fake is that though? They clean out your colon, you, you yeah. know, dehydrate because of all that stuff you have to drink. And all of a sudden you're, you know, I'm almost, I almost lost 10 pounds, <laughs> but you know, does it come back? Of course you start eating again, you start drinking again. And, um, yeah, but it's so funny. The, the beliefs we have about a number on a scale or a, um, a size that you wear. A size. I mean, oh. you probably know women that cut the sizes out of their, their coats and stuff. So they don't want anybody to know what size it is. I do that sometimes <laughs> because I have really big shoulders. Like I have to wear a 14, 16 just to fit my shoulders in, but my, my hips and, and the rest of my body might be a 10. So, and, so um, that's when you, you know, when you turn stuff inside out and you go, Oh look, I'm just, I'm wearing a five. <laughs> 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 that's when you leave the day again but you know yeah i mean beliefs your show is all about beliefs and what is it that you believe and what is it that you can ask yourself if you don't like that belief or that belief might not be true go in and test that belief and ask yourself and maybe that's something that you can you can release this week and get a new yeah. belief, one that's more positive well I'm, I'm going to work on my belief on sizing of clothes because I was at TJ Maxx this morning and I tried on a couple shirts and I'm usually a large in most of the shirts. Yeah. So that's, that's where I fit. Well, I went over to Sam's club cause they had all these t-shirts on sale for like four bucks and I need some, you know, just, it's so hot here, Frankie still. Um, I just wanted some t-shirts that didn't have like coffee stains, butter stains, ink stains. <laughs> you know, on them and they had all these t-shirts on sale for four dollars they're standard you know sam's club t-shirts well the small was still a little much fabric in the armpit in the size wow because i put the 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 large on and i'm like this is a tent and i'm like how could i go from one store to another store and go from a large to a small china yeah <laughs> truly no I, i'm serious it's china they 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 sew stuff or pack or you know one of the asian countries they're tiny people they sew stuff and if you like you have to be really careful even on amazon buying clothes they'll say chinese 12 that means it's like a oh. size three oh. <laughs> so, yeah like you cannot go by those sizes so you have to really be careful and i will tell everybody a secret the better quality of the store the, the smaller size you wear because they're, they're generous oh. with their fabric you're paying for it, but they give you the fabric, right? And Got so, it. So if you go to a high-end lady store, you're going to be a size smaller. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because I was getting so confused, you know, with my new body and, you know, my new body shape too, Frankie. Like the pants I used to wear, the brands, they don't fit anymore. Yeah. Because I went from having no waist or like kind of, for the analogy of the listeners, I was kind of dressing a potato. <laughs> oh, like I was putting pants on a potato and now I'm more like a magic marker. See, that is still derogatory, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I don't know what to say. I went from round to straighter. Like, yeah. So your hips went down and, and my belly went down belly and my went boobs down. went down. Of course, the girls were the first to go. Yeah, of course. But, you know, that's okay. You're looking great. You worked hard to get that look. And so congratulations. And, you know, inside you have to keep telling your body how amazing you are. And thank you, body, for, you know, helping you look this good. And, 
reward yourself with those nice clothes. Spend a little yeah. extra cash on, on better quality. You're going to look better. They've got seams. They always look nicer in them. And, yes. you know, yeah. It is nice, you know, and that the other ancillary benefit from, you know, this whatever nine months of, of hitting the gym and eating right is I sleep so much better, Frankie. Like mm -hmm. I can roll over and then like the chores are easier, like lugging the laundry upstairs. Like I can go collect the laundry, bring it downstairs, throw it in, go out and clean the pool, even pull the 50 pound tub of chlorine and the DE over and I can do all these things that would have gassed me for the whole day. Now I finish it because I'm so much stronger and I'm so much more fit. I can get my chores done in my house so much quicker. I can clean my kitchen in 15 minutes where before I had to literally take a rest in between. You know, when I was trying out for the national dragon boat team, that was 15 years ago or 20, 18 years ago. Um, I remember being so fit and being lifting so many weights that I used to love to bring groceries in and I would pack them like 10 to an arm because I'm like, Oh, I'm so strong. All right, I'm so strong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is good. I'm helping myself. <laughs> you know? But, but you know, now it's like, here, you can have some for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it was my personal challenge to me. Like I didn't think about, do I want to look like in a magazine? You know what I wanted? My, what my overriding goal was, was three things for this latest kind of fitness weight loss thing. Frankie, I wanted to get on an airplane and fit all my clothes in a rolling carry on, sit in my flight to New York comfortably. Like that was a big thing. I hated like, trying to get that seat belt in. I yeah. hated that my rear end would like sometimes slip over into somebody else's seat. And then I hated that I had to carry so many clothes or shapers or all these things that I couldn't bring in my carry on or I'd have to ship a bag. So like that was number one. But the other thing was I wanted to get up and go to work in the morning and be able to pull on anything in my closet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, Man, I wish I was there. I do. I really wish I was there. As it's funny that you that you know we're talking about that because my daughter just texted me. She hasn't worked out for a little while, but she went from 113 steps to 8.6 kilometers. So that's wow. a, that's a heck of a workout. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. She's gonna be she's gonna be hurting later. <laughs> but but you know I I'm I feel so fortunate now because I I had as you know I haven't been able to move very much. I have a I was in a motorcycle accident. Have really bad hip and lots of hardware the bionic woman and, and I had an injection um, a week ago and it's like night and day. Like I can't even believe that I can walk almost pain-free and just that I almost ran up the stairs yesterday. I'm like, oh, I'm running up the stairs. Oh my God. I was a cripple. I was, you know, crippled over, not even be able to getting out of a chair. And so what a difference that makes. And you know, if you can just move your body, how grateful I am just to be able to sleep. Like I've been sleeping in a little bit. I could lay, I, I, for almost two months, I couldn't even go to bed. I couldn't even get to my bed and sleep yeah. in it because it hurt so bad. And here I am going to bed and going, oh, look at me. I'm sleeping in a bed again. And I'm sleeping more hours, I, you know, more than three hours. It's amazing. Be very grateful that you have a body that works well. Amen. Your health is everything. Amen. And you look beautiful, Frankie. You look 
tired. You don't look in pain. Like the, be- the best blessing of today's show. And I thank you, Frankie Picasso of Rent a Believer. You're going to want to look her up. You're going to want to find her on the Good Radio Network. You just have to Google Frankie Picasso. It's the greatest name ever. You'll find her. She's an inspiration. <laughs> She's my good friend. Thank you for being here today. Oh, and it's so you. great to see you and hear how healthy you're doing. I would love that. Well, be kind to yourselves, everybody. Just be kind to yourself and you'll get there. Whatever it is that you need, you'll get there. I believe it. Yep. And you are rent a believer and I'm renting you to believe in me. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.